You're listening to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. I'll be your tale teller, JC. This episode is called The Creation of Levian, Part 1. And your listener, if you want me to tell your tale, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Prologue Before there was anything, there it was, the talisman. With no name, no purpose, it just was. The ancient folk claim it was the power that it held within it that formed the continent. Throughout the ages, many ancient drawings have been found that depict the talismans of many users. The learned have published a multitude of theories regarding that object. Some are so abstract that only others like them can begin to understand the theoretical magnitude of what lies inside. The theory that offers the most credibility is the one of true neutrality. With the evidence that has been discovered, the majority of modern-day minds agree that the talisman of true neutrality is the essence of life on the continent. That said, evidence is rare to come by. The strongest piece of proof is a scroll called the Prophecy of Age. It is an ancient scroll that was discovered by a noble scholar whose name has been lost to time. The scroll had been written in the language of the ancients, with no living being able to decipher it. The scholar dedicated their lives to uncovering the secrets of the scroll. They spent their lives traveling the continent attempting to decipher a dead language. They didn't fully decode the prophecy of age, but we have made great strides with their found notes. The progress the noble scholar had made gave way to uncovering the secrets of the ancient world. Lifetimes after the scholar had passed, their notes were paired with discovered drawings of the ancient peoples. Through that, the brightest minds of the time came to the conclusion of true neutrality. The talisman was one of great power, a power that has yet to be displayed, though none can verify that claim. What can be confirmed is the talisman's legion of bears. It amplified the keeper's natural abilities, made them resistant to magical and physical effects. There are records that give insight into how it impacted the bear. An individual that relies on physical feats could find themselves capable of breaking past their normal physical prowess with no obvious consequences. They were faster, stronger, and more nimble. They were able to slip in an extra attack or two before their opponent had the time to react. In a similar vein, those blessed with the ability to harness arcane energy, whether natural or through knowledge, could push past their magical barriers. With the combination of comparing texts and some other drawings, the bear's magic would be more powerful by default. It could increase the range of some, or even change the fundamental energy of the spell. A spellcaster could change the damage of fireball to a ball of thunder that would deliver the same amount of damage but knock opponents away. The only area with no history of impact is those who derive their abilities from a higher power, or deity. A recent bit of text did go into detail about a devoted bear that found themselves in the possession of the talisman. The text stated, to the bear, it was nothing more than a piece of jewelry. It was gifted to him with promises of grandeur. With most of the text being unreadable, what was gleamed is that the holy warrior fell from grace with their patron, which resulted in them selling the talisman to an undisclosed vendor for their survival. The holy warrior is the last recorded bearer of the talisman. It has been lost to time. There have been claims of sites all over the continent. Every century or so, Several individuals across the five tribes have claimed to have found the item, but all those accounts have proven false. It has almost been a millennium since the last bear. At this point in our research, all we have to go on is the new discoveries from our past. 
Many of the younger generation believe it to be nothing but a myth told by their elders to describe a simpler time. With no concrete piece of modern-day evidence, all we have to go on is the word of the past. A theoretical powerful object that grants the abilities of multiple magical items without the physical or mental strain that wielding all those items would have caused. There are also no records of a bear being able to bring out the supposed full capabilities of the talisman. There are no depictions of any bear in the talisman's continent creation myth. We will continue to research and discover all we can about the history of the ancients and their beliefs. Funding has been severely cut due to the attempted annexation of the Gale tribe. The funding secured will be efficiently used to accelerate our endeavors. This is the end of this document, which was recovered by Levian and Lily, a two-headed dragonborn that was raised in the streets of the Star Society tribe. The two did not know their parentage, nor how they came to reside in the tribe of the stars. Dragonborns were a rare sight in that part of the continent. They were objects of fascination to the common folk, if not reviled or feared. The distinct personalities made them a subject of fear and abuse since they were young. Lily was a brave, foul-mouthed soul who was not afraid to make her feelings known. She was hard-working and strong-willed. Levian was quieter than his twin, humble and slow to anger. Together, they fought against the brutality of life. Their interests were black and white, but they fought through their differences. The twins were always there for one another. They were inseparable. The twins resolved their differences by alternating tasks of the body. After all, they could only move if they both agreed. Levian typically used his time to read research papers, or anything he could get his hands on. Fascinated by the stories the books told, he was always on alert for a new piece of literature. I think you're stupid for using your time to read, but your time is your time. My problem is we could be doing anything else, or something at the minimum. I am always teleported to the setting of whatever I read. I've been to many more places than you. You should try it, Levian said. They rolled up the scroll and placed it in their pouch. Levian had reached the limit of his time. Lily was eager to get up and move. For her time, she wanted to practice their spellcasting. They were not physically gifted, but their spellcraft was better than the average citizen. It came naturally to them. They had been able to rely on it since they were little. It saved them from varying dangerous experiences. The twins would often end training drenched and fatigued. During a session, a stranger approached the shack they called home. The stranger was dressed in a dark blue leather armor with a glimmering latch, the distinct armor of the Star Tribe. The pins he adorned meant this individual was high in rank. The twins were smart enough to realize that they could not best him in battle. Dragonborn, your time is now. Your people call for your aid. Now is your time to answer. You'll answer without fail, for there is no other choice. You must tend to your duty. The stranger's tone was upbeat, and he had a big smile on his face. It did not take a genius to see his smile was forced. His presence felt like a raging hurricane being restrained. The stranger was hoping they would refuse. The twins looked at one another and bowed their heads in surrender. Wise choice. I'm happy I didn't have to resort back to my other persuasion plans. You are allowed an hour to gather your belongings. Then we shall depart. The stranger sounded extremely disappointed he didn't get to resort to plan B. After the hour... The twins gathered the little possessions they had and reported back to the stranger. He drew a teleportation circle on the ground. The three emerged a few yards away from a temporary military base. The two were reluctant at first, treated as outsiders, 
it wasn't too different from what they've experienced their entire lives. They had each other, and that was all they needed. The first night was the worst. They were amongst conscripts, meaning they weren't given the premier gear or meals. For dinner, they were each given a slice of bread with a bit of jam and a cup of tea. After dinner was physical conditioning. The twins' performance left a lot to be desired. Out of all the other conscripts, their performance secured them a lower rank in the group. The top performers were rewarded with a hot tent and a warm snack. They located them in the center for all to see. Levin and Lily were given a blanket and two pillows and told to sleep wherever was open. The spot they found was freezing and damp. It was just on the outskirts of the camp. The blanket did nothing for warmth. They would have frozen to death if it wasn't for their thick scales. The main hindrance was the bugs that flew around them. They could not bite through their scales, but the twins could feel them crawling and slithering on them. The twins spent the night talking to each other, each of them having slept less than an hour, dozing in and out of consciousness. The following morning, the officers tested the magical aptitude of the conscripts. There were a few that had some impressive skills. No one was on their level. They could only use second-tier magic, but the officers praised them for being able to achieve that without any formal training. After the exam, the twins were called for a personal meeting with the officers while the rest of the troop went off to breakfast. Before the sun was high in the sky, the twins were teleported to a completely different location. The officers saw their potential and transferred them to a cohort that can better utilize their abilities. In less than a day, their standard of living evolved. When they arrived in their new location, they were greeted by servants that led them to a dining room. They were seated at a beautifully prepared table. There was one chair, but two napkins, two set of utensils, and two different cups. It seems like they were expecting us, mumbled Levian. They sat down and looked around. More servants came in with an assortment of platters. The twins experienced foods they had only dreamed of. They ate until they couldn't eat no more. Moments after dessert, an officer with a slightly different uniform sat down in front of them. Lily arched her neck to see what he was sitting on. To her surprise, he was sitting on air, or an invisible chair, she guessed. The soldier welcomed them to the Arcanist Training Battalion. He explained that they will be instructed in the ways of magic. They will be issued missions as the military sees fit, and they are expected to always be ready and to complete those missions no matter the cost. Over the following week, the twins grew accustomed to their new way of life. They made friends with the three other students. There was Hyvadar, the one who gave them the tour of the grounds. He was a young Urchinassi who loved learning from books more than Levian. He could understand the complexity of any spell scroll he got his hands on. His problem was that he did not have the reserve to cast those higher tier spells. His understanding did make him a great educator for the other mages that could cast them. There was Grad, a female tabaxi. Like the twins, she had a natural aptitude for magic. Her magic messed with the state of gravity. She did not tell him that, but they realized it when they saw her float. Not fly, float. And there was always a pressure around her whenever she used her abilities. Lastly, Brutic, a Goliath that drew her abilities from her understanding of the more scientific aspects of magic. Or so she says, her specialties reside in the items that she can craft that can recreate the effects of spells. What shocked the twins was the magic items did not need an incantation or gesture, sometimes not even a key phrase. The five trained together for almost a decade. During that time, they became a family of sorts. They protected each other on their missions and confided in one another. The twins learned that they were the only ones from the Star Society. The rest were from the territory of other tribes. They were captured during raids 
and were forced to use their talents for the Star Society. The twins never liked serving the Star Society, but being a soldier provided them with the most comfortable life they have ever had. They didn't see them as the good guys, but the pair assumed that was just how things were. Learning about the past of their friends lit a fire inside them, a hatred for war. The twins decided that somehow they were going to put a stop to the bloodshed. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to submit your story, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. And if you could, please share this with all your friends and family across the multiplanes. Again, thanks for listening, and you'll hear me again in a fortnight. <laughs>